millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When was the last time that you went through like a period of not writing anything? Um... I mean, when I was touring, playing bass for the Japanese house last year, I probably wasn't writing very much. I mean, I'd always, you know, if there was like a piano at the venue or I'd be playing guitar, so I'd be like, I'm always writing little bits here and there. I think the periods when, yeah, away doing that kind of thing and traveling is probably when I'm getting the least done, I guess. But it's it's also productive because you save up on all of those experiences and then it's kind of like saving up for when you get home, I guess. And you kind of just channel them into the music, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, not like, not super directly, I guess, or consciously, but I think there's just a certain release that comes around when you actually have the opportunity to sit down and properly write something or record something again. I guess you're just kind of, yeah, raring to go. What's that, that feeling like then when you come off a tour and you haven't written in a while and you start to get back into it? Do you feel like you need to... Is there a need? Is the need stronger than to write? Or I guess it feels like, you know, especially in the case of like last year, for example, when I was traveling a lot, I guess there is a certain feeling of release and like also sort of pent up, you know, whole host of experiences and they're not necessarily like that you explicitly or I guess some people would explicitly be like, I'm going to write about this experience, but just kind of exiting a certain phase and in the case of traveling quite a hectic mad phase of life and then coming back to stillness is like yeah i guess that gives a feeling of like wanting to release something and yeah also just having the opportunity to sit around and play again so yeah those that combination of things usually just gives way to like a lot of songs had you traveled much before last year yeah a bit i mean i've been playing with amber of the japanese house for like three years now last year was the the first year when it was really constant so we did we did bits and bobs here and then i played for like another band as well which which we went to america with so 
yeah, I, I've, I've travelled a, f- a fair amount, but yeah, nothing compared to to what it was like last year. Was it a hard adjustment then when you when you first started? Had you kind of eased into it over the years, like kind of slowly gotten more and more used to it? Or what was it like when you first went on that kind of massive tour? I mean, I guess I had experienced it to a certain degree with some with a few periods here and there where it was quite busy with other projects. So I'd kind of yeah sort of tested the waters so it wasn't too hard to adjust i guess i mean there there were definitely times when it was trying as it would like as it was for everyone traveling i guess but no i think for the for the most part i really enjoyed it but i don't know maybe i was an absolute mess (laughs) (laughs) not sure i mean i guess in in hindsight it was quite a well-timed tour as well like to have that opportunity to go and you know tour all over the world like quite constantly for the first time i mean especially especially given given how impossible it is to do now it's it's hard to tell when the next um opportunity for something like that's going to come along had you had you planned then this year to put out a second record or was that something that kind of came from the circumstances that we found ourselves in it was something i had planned i think it was probably accelerated by the circumstance maybe although not really because actually i was at the time when lockdown occurred i was planning on i was originally planning on doing it at studio um, and I was looking into booking that in, so I think I would have kind of it would have kind of happened about as quickly as it has, re- maybe regardless. But yeah, I mean, I suppose it was just fortuitous in terms of I ended up doing it at home the 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 upcoming album and just had a lot of time to focus on it, I guess, and get everything together for it. Was was Waltz always going to be the third album? Like the way the, the kind of I mean, you know, like the style of it and the way that it's just kind of more returned to something more stripped back, I guess, kind of piano and vocal style of of presentation was that always going to be the third record for you or i don't know if i like knew it was necessarily going to be the third one but it was always going to be one that i was going to do like i've wanted to do just a, a piano and vocal record for for quite a while now and yeah i think i was a bit humming and ahhing about like when exactly it would be when it would happen but yeah i just felt like this was the a good moment to do it uh, for a few reasons, I suppose. I guess emotionally as well, it kind of it lines up quite nicely with where we are at the moment, and it's a, it's a slightly more I don't know solitary record compared to the the previous ones in some ways, and that kind of fits in quite nicely with where we've been the last few months. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's literally just voice and piano for the most part. Some of the songs were written during the during the sort of recording process as well, so like some of them really are from that time. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of that yeah isolation in it <laughs> i remember um when we spoke back at was it end of march okay it was right as things were starting to kick off wasn't it yeah i think it must have been yeah about end of march you were you were doing a songwriting thing with your flatmate where um you were both like you had a challenge to kind of write a song each day yeah did that bleed into this at all did that kind of can like you know flow into the writing process for some of the songs on this record or yeah absolutely the the first the opening track of of the album was the first one of those song challenges that we did that's the only one that came from that that thing that we were doing but yeah it's the the first track on there that's that's fascinating that it was the first one that was the one that's ended up on the record yeah i was unsure about the the task in general it was my housemate martin who whose artist name is mt hadley and yeah he suggested doing this daily songwriting exercise because you know we both living together and we both make music so it was just something to kind of keep the cogs turning and like I was kind of skeptical about it at first but it turned out to be a really good idea and yeah the, he would choose a chord and they'd often be he's a bit of a a jazzier guy than I am well he's definitely jazzier than I am 
so he you know he'd he'd pick hit some chords that I'd never really played before so it was quite um it's quite inspiring because I'd go to the piano and play this chord and then I'd sort of just follow where this new chord would take me um but yeah that that was the the first the first exercise was the the opening track had you ever done anything else like that you know set yourself a challenge in that in that manner in that kind of way no I don't think so no I guess because I like feel like I write quite a lot anyway I've never felt the necessity to kind of make it like a you know like a daily thing but yeah no I don't don't think I'd ever done something like that before but it was really it was really cool I, I might try and bring it back at some point because we, we did it for like a, a month or something like that I think what was um like the rhythm of your workflow you know like over lockdown was it quite consistent or how much were you you know kind of typically writing yeah fairly consistent I guess I kind of had different different things to be working on and different breakthroughs at various points i mean at the beginning of lockdown i just released the album so i was kind of thinking about that and doing like a few live streams playing those songs and stuff and i was kind of had a little brief period of living in that era <laughs> and then just moved on to the to the piano thing which took up you know a fair fair amount of time and effort and then yeah now i have this this studio um space a couple of couple of nights a week near where i live and that's been a real breakthrough so that's like kind of ramped up the work flew flew the work flew <laughs> got flu on the on the brain <laughs> this viral age yeah that that kind of ramped things up that's been yeah that's been a massive breakthrough and then slowly being able to like i've been able to get in the studio with a couple of other friends to work on a couple of bits so yeah it's been it's been pretty consistent which is yeah which i'm quite happy about is this the first time you've had a studio space? Is that a first time you can have a place to call your own like that that's uh, separate from your home? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's kind of like, it's like a studio share between other people and I just, I have like a couple of nights a week, but because it's so close to where I live and because I really make the most of it, like I, I come at 6pm and leave at like 2 or 3 in the morning, so it's kind of like a full working day. So I feel like I'm here quite a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's the it's the first time I've had that that exterior zone to come to regularly at least um and it's yeah it's been a real real blessing has it affected the way you are creating things how's your kind of mindset like when you you know when you head into that studio as opposed to writing at home it's definitely affected the way i write things partly just because there's like some different things lying around like there's a there's a keyboard here that's just got an infinite amount of sounds and like rhythms and it's just uh, a really good place to start yeah there's just like a few things here that i wouldn't have normally have access to and Sometimes it just takes one piece of equipment to kind of open up a whole like box of inspiration. I mean, this record's evidence of that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, this this was like, oh, you mean the piano record? Or? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was this. I've kind of gained this place after that, so it's kind of this is more the next stuff that that will be coming from from this room but yeah no i I don't know in terms of the space i don't think i think i think it's still very like it varies so you know there are there are definitely times when i come in and i'm not really feeling it but i think just having the short walk from your house to a separate space um and also the knowledge that you're there to kind of make use of the time and do it just helps you snap out of those kinds of modes sometimes which is really helpful yeah i think you just put that slight pressure on yourself and that slight restriction of so you know you have to get a song done for a certain by a certain time. Your body, I think, subconsciously puts you in a fight mode, and you kind of get through it, and you do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, most most of the time, I'm just like very consciously excited to be here, which is a, is a good feeling. And then even in the times where I'm like a little like, you know, not in the best of moods, I'll still, like you say, just go into 
some kind of mode where you coast through it and you still come out with something so yeah it's not it's been been totally um total breakthrough definitely uh, you know um like that excitement you know when you when you first get in there was that the same when you moved to london did you kind of feel similar excitement about being in a new city and if so how did that you know kind of go on and affect affect the music you were making at the time yeah that's a good question i mean i I, I moved to london quite a long time ago for uni initially i was playing i had a like a different like a collaborative band back then and yeah i think we were quite excited to be in london and kind of going for it here at that time and then yeah i kind of had some time away again so now recently it kind of feels like i've kind of moved back and that's also been and i feel like part of the reason that i ended up deciding to commit to staying in london for for the for the foreseeable was to do to really focus on the music stuff so i think there's something there's something quite motivation motivational about being in london and knowing that like that was a big part of why i wanted to be here and also having a network of friends and musicians and collaborators so yeah i definitely feel like it's a motivational place to be for for music for me yeah was it uh berlin you grew up in or where about did you grow up so i i was born in berlin and moved to burgess hill in west sussex when i was six and then kind of grew up there and then moved to london for uni and then kind of bounced back between berlin and london a bit over the last few years what was it that drew you back to berlin like over the last few years well initially i was just moving home because my parents lived there i was i was touring with another band and i'd been living in london for four years i guess and it just wasn't really feasible to be touring and also be living in london so initially i was just kind of moving home so i imagine they're quite different cultures how do they kind of you know differ the two the two cities yeah i've never been i've never been to berlin it's it's a great place i yeah i really love it i was actually i just got back from there yesterday just went back for a week which was really nice to see the family and friends felt like a good time to go uh but yeah it's it's always interesting comparing the two atmospheres they're definitely quite different i think berlin's physically there's just a lot more space everything's a bit more relaxed yeah just a bit of a more of a gentle vibe compared to the sort of stress of london yeah i guess it's a bit slower quite a good place to go at the moment then probably with everything that's kind of going on in the world just to kind of get away from it for a wee bit and reset almost recharge yeah definitely yeah absolutely it definitely felt like a a nice bit of a respite from the atmosphere of london but yeah no it's it's a great place so how old were you when you learned to play the piano then i never i've never had piano lessons i just kind of picked things up from friends and then i mean i guess i properly started playing a bit more regularly when my brother got my mum a piano for i think it was a birthday when i was about maybe like 15 or something so we had one in the house which is the same ones now in my room which i recorded the album on technically i've been playing for absolutely ages like 13 years or something but without really ever learning like formally but that's the same with all of the instruments i play what was the uh, the first instrument you fell in love with? Probably guitar. I mean, my my sister and I played violin before, and I and I did enjoy that. Yeah, I guess I guess it was guitar. I just remember there was one. I, I used to sort of turn the violin around and like play a guitar like a guitar. There was also one moment that I remember. It was probably like the falling in love moment because my friend. I think I was in like year six or something, and my friend had a um. What do you have? I don't know. Just like a sort of like Argos guitar, but electric guitar he let me have a go on it i didn't really understand how stuff worked and i guess the distortion setting was on and i played it and i was just like what like i didn't realize i didn't realize that i thought you had to be really good 
a guitar for it to like make that sound and then it came out like it was just like sounded like a a rock song just me like just playing the strings and i was like oh my god i'm making this noise and that was when i was like okay cool <laughs> hooked I'm, I'm i'm on board with this how old did you say you were then thir- thir- uh what do you say year six yeah i guess i was pro- i was probably about 10 i might have been in year five i don't know that's quite young to start getting into an instrument like that yeah i guess it i guess it's pretty young yeah had you were you playing violin prior to that yeah my my i have a twin sister and we were learning um we took violin lessons between the ages of like seven and eleven and so to the end of end of primary school but then i think i think it was i was going to continue learning but they just didn't have i couldn't get lessons at my school for like the school that i moved to for secondary school so and that was kind of at the time where i was like overlapping with guitar anyway so i just kind of got stuck into guitar instead what sort of effect do you think you know beginning music so early and i mean starting to learn an instrument so early then had upon you know where you are now and where you kind of went in the years in the years following that i just guess it's obviously time wise it's just afforded me more experiences at like a younger age musical experiences yeah i got started fairly young so yeah i guess i kind of figured out what i liked about playing music quite early on and then I like to think I've progressed over those many, many years, but it's weird when I, when I think back to the kind of stuff that I used to write and play when I was really young and actually thinking about it is not that different to the stuff I'm doing now. Yeah, it allows you to sort of shape your feeling of, of, of playing quite early on, which is maybe a cool thing. And I guess when you're that age as well, you have like, there's a lot of bad things about making music when you're that age that, that are really awful and cringy because you're a teenager. But I guess you also have like you take an approach with it that's quite not very thought out and I guess you kind of just like really do it for the love of it and yeah I don't know I guess there's something nice about having a musical passion at that age. There's an innocence about it I think a little bit when you're when you're that young and you're you know you're in love with it in that way. Yeah I guess so and also I mean to be fair probably the biggest factor is just like time like if people try and pick up an instrument later in their lives it's like it's just harder to do isn't it like you've got life stuff going on so i feel like the younger you are when you start playing music the better really because you've just got you've just got time to 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 play every day were you were you consciously listening to music when you when you started playing the violin at like age seven or did that come later on like seeking out certain things yeah um yeah yeah uh i think during the time that i was playing violin that started to happen you know like i guess when i was like seven or eight i had early experience of buying like a pop single or whatever as i got into double figures i was like getting into metal and like rock stuff and that's when that i think it was when i got into like heavy heavier music that i really started to develop like a an interest in it and like would seek it out and like yeah look for certain things and start buying albums and things like that it's interesting that I didn't ever realise you were a, a metalhead. I was for a time, yeah. You can hear a little bit of that in like, um, oh, what's the track in the second album? Is it The Empty Party? Yeah. You know, that they absolutely the kind of like, yeah, the thrashing of it. You can kind of hear that element carrying in. Yeah, there's a bit of there's a bit of heavier stuff on that album, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I still I still really like heavy music as well. But yeah, I think that's where I um where I where I started to develop like a more conscious uh, interest in it. Yeah. How did that progress in the years following? Did you go through? Did you kind of go through you know a variety of genres? that you were interested in or were you kind of growing up y- yeah definitely i'm thinking like that time the time between the ages of like 10 and f- 14 15 was like a really rapid journey of like getting into different types of music i guess because 
I mean, I, I used to go to the skate park uh, in the town that I lived in. Actually, both of my sort of big musical interests of my early teens. And yeah, that period was like, was started from the skate park. Like, for example, with the metal thing, my friend just made me loads of CD, like burnt loads of CDs of, of metal albums in exchange because I'd like lent him my skateboard for a while. And then and I befriended another guy like who was way older than me at the skate park who I don't even know how we got onto it, but this was a couple of years later when I was like 12 or 13. And he got me into like alternative stuff, like 80s alternative music, like The Cure and The Smiths and New Order and stuff like that. He used to like make me compilation CDs and then I developed like a specific interest in The Cure. And he like made me Cure compilations. It was amazing. I don't, I don't really know how it happened, but um, we must have somehow... I guess maybe I was playing guitar at the time. Yeah, I just some somehow managed to like get this source of of all this music that I still really really love. It's kind of the best age because your mind just keeps getting blown by all these different artists because you've never you've never heard them before and you just keep discovering you know more and more classic and you know masters at the various genres. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, like you say, mind blowing time. Do you think that? Um... The way you were connecting with other people there as well, how, you know, it was a, a tool for, like, kind of friendship. Was that part of what drew you to music? Maybe. That's a good question. So, like, I do, I I think I'm quite, like, a sociable person. I do, like, hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I, yeah, may, maybe maybe subconsciously, probably. I mean, there's so much, there's so much. I mean, like, yeah, like, the way I discovered it was so socially based. And, obviously, there's just so, such a social aspect to once you start playing gigs and, yeah i guess maybe i liked how those things like met up yeah i don't think it was would have been like a very conscious thing but yeah i guess it's kind of evolved now in the way that people you know share songs on their instagram stories or whatever it's kind of it's migrated into social media that kind of thing is people giving you tapes like mixtapes and stuff with different things on it it's kind of been integrated into the culture and, and how we operate now yeah i mean i suppose i suppose people still make each other playlists and things like that from time to time do you quite often share with other people yeah definitely like amongst friends there's a lot of music sharing that goes on yeah it's very different now because i think you know when someone someone sends you like a spotify link on whatsapp or you send someone else a spotify link to a track just like one track i think it's 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 still a nice thing and i think you know most of the time you listen to it and enjoy it i guess back in those days when it was like people were burning you discs and writing by hand the track lists on them and stuff like that it was like it felt like this more sacred thing and you know you'd really feel like you'd been given this gift that you that you that you needed to to respect and yeah and enjoy so i get i guess it's a bit different now there's a real human connection there isn't there when it comes to tapes and like you're saying they were like the handwritten and everything yeah it's kind of mad if you think about it now i mean i guess people people still do it now when it's like you know you know maybe like a romantic gesture or like i don't know i guess some people would just make still make the effort to do that but i guess back then it was like just much more standard it was kind of cool yeah it's probably part of what's playing into the vinyl thing as well people wanting that kind of physical thing that that connection where you can go into a record store with your friend and and browse for ages and just it's kind of making it more of an experience isn't it it's adding another layer to it and to the connection with the music definitely yeah definitely having that like physical and visual element to it it makes it easier to enjoy and share and it's cool that like vinyl is such a booming industry i guess I really like the visual element to, you know, the run of singles you've been putting out ahead of this new record. Where where are those photographs taken from? Because they have a real kind of intimacy about them that is quite nicely kind of mirrored in the music. Oh, thanks. They were they were mostly taken tra- when I was travelling 
touring with the Japanese house playing bass for Amber. I think they were mostly taken during that. Some of them are like phone pictures and some of them are film camera pictures. But yeah, they were mostly taken last year, kind of, yeah, on that whole tour and then bits of being at home. But yeah, it was a lot of, basically a bit of a document of last year. What was kind of feeling the choice between which picture you were going for? Why did you choose those kind of certain ones? I don't know. I guess it was just a case of, I guess I knew that I had quite a few pictures saved up. And then I had this selection of songs and it was kind of just a case of going through the songs and then also going through the the photo bank and then kind of matching them up the best I could, really. And there happened to be quite a few that just worked really well. Yeah. So it was it was basically just a sort of, you know, like that that sort of process of like which ones fit together. Is there a a link between imagery and, and music in any way? What kind of connects it? Oh yeah, I definitely. I, th- I mean, there's definitely a connection between visual and 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 sound. I guess. I, mean, I was talking to my housemate about this last night, and we were talking about music videos, the sort of role that they play. Um, and if I think about breaks off on a tangent from your question, but in terms of, in terms of as a consumer of music, like I think having that visual element does really help, like ground it, and like it helps with like associating it with a certain thing, and sort of solidifying it in your mind. Whether it's like a music video or like an album cover, like you know, if you have like an album cover of one of your favorite albums, you can't help but see see the music as having the colors of that album, the the artwork, you know. Yeah, I don't know. In terms of when I'm writing, yeah, it's not a lot of like conscious visuals, but it comes into it sometimes. Like some sometimes, I guess especially when you start writing lyrics, you see things a bit more. Occasionally, there'll be like a sound that that makes you think of a certain visual like action and you start to think about that so yeah i think it it does play into the writing but probably not nearly as much as some other people i'm sure it's interesting what you're saying there about the the album covers and the way you kind of associate it because i hadn't thought about it before but in relation to both of the last two records you've put out and the first to an extent there's a real they echo you know the kind of tone of the album oh i'm glad like the kind of intimacy of the first one with that photography on the balcony Mm. Dining along the second one where it's this slightly more expansive record, kind of going in different directions, and you have that very striking kind of image on the cover that's a bit more constructed, like it's a, it's a photo shoot. Yeah. And then this new one, taking it back to basics, but just you in the piano, and it's a black and white photograph of yourself. They, you know, they, they link up in that way. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you think so. Yeah, I, I, do, I do definitely put um, a lot of thought into how, how the, especially with an album cover, like how the image fits with the with the with the record but yeah i think that's yeah what i was going for with each of those things yeah it's it's fun like it's a fun thing to to think about you know it's just a different different um angle to 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 look at the whole project at i guess once you have a certain amount of songs you start thinking about that and it helps you kind of consolidate the feeling of the album you know once you have like an image in mind it's kind of helps tie everything together so yeah i think they definitely play off each other how did that work for this um, this upcoming record? At what point did you stop viewing them as individual tracks and start looking at them as a body of work in an album? Like the the songs on the album actually span quite a a big variant of time. Like there's some stuff that I wrote on there like a very long time ago, and there's some you know like with the the songwriting challenge one that that was written very recently, and a couple of others where yeah, were written very recently. Like I said, I I knew for a while that I wanted to do a piano album, so it was kind of a case of knowing that I wanted to do the piano album. Have a, having a sort of, and this is how it usually works with other, the other albums I've done as well, is having a sort of revolving track list that kind of changes, yeah, changes over the over the course of time that you're thinking about doing it, and then 
by the time that you've yeah got it all together you just kind of left with the one that makes the most sense and fits uh so yeah it's quite a gradual um coming together of like the songs and then it coming together as a full thing do you the way that you had this piano album in your head for a while and you knew you wanted to make a record like that do you have other albums in your head as well and certain things that you think i want to explore that in a record one day like an almost like a bucket list of things you want to do with your music and your voice yeah i think so especially recently i'm usually thinking quite far ahead with things so there's definitely a few things i want to do i'm working on a project that's more like a collaboration with another friend um which is going to be much more electronic and maybe a bit more modern and poppy um which is going to be fun yeah i kind of i want to also incorporate in that a bit of that into my own music and i've got an idea for an album where i just want to have it be like kind of the opposite of that and just be really a, a very acoustic like richly produced uh yeah sort of very like earthy sounding album yeah i want to I, I definitely want to do a lot of try a lot of different things um yeah so it's going to be it's going to be fun to see how all of those ideas like materialize and how they fit together and stuff yeah i think as well like you said that you're thinking so far ahead you can then almost utilize that fact to connect not just the songs on the albums but the albums themselves you can then kind of you know if you're viewing everything as part of this one kind of span you can link it up a bit a bit easier and have elements that carry through from record to record quite consciously yeah yeah i suppose so yeah it that that is an advantage of like thinking like that i guess like i'm not it's not like i'm really regimented about like this has to be this and then that has to be that but things do sort of link up and then come together and then get switched around but yeah i guess there's something to be said for kind of thinking about the long game I, d- I do like the idea of you know as like a music fan i, I like the idea of the of a sort of very a varied and rich back catalogue and i guess that's just the exciting thing is kind of building towards having one of those um and I've, yeah for me that's gonna hopefully in- include yeah trying a lot of different things what sort of aspects of your personality do you think are you know are present in this piano record that aren't in the others or might not even be present in future records is it kind of tapping into a different side of yourself in some in some way yeah maybe maybe there's certain things i mean i guess yeah like the like the first track being there's a couple of tracks that were written during like the initial sort of lockdown phase so i'm sure that feeds into it um does isolation have a a place in creativity even just outside the lockdown oh yeah massively i think yeah i think i feel the most creative and like free i guess when i'm just completely on my own which i think is true of a lot of writers i guess yeah i think there's something just something quite freeing about just being totally in your own zone when you're when you're creating something how's that affected when you you know you bring someone like louis milburn and then to help you with the last record how does that kind of play into that idea of you being your most creative on your own what does he kind of add to it and and change about it um i guess i guess it's kind of like different stages of, of the process like I, I really like um collaborating with other people on music definitely but I, I think it's more just the initial like spark phase when you're kind of reading off ideas and 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 sort of getting something out of nowhere that's often you know that often, often happens when you're by yourself but then when it comes to like fleshing things out and producing things and revisiting things and just like kind of 
getting the juice out of the songs that's when the, the more of the collaboration stuff comes in i guess i guess it helps with the perspective when it comes to producing a record as well that like you kind of have someone else to bounce things off of and a sounding board definitely yeah that 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 definitely helps yeah i always appreciate that do you send things off to friends as well or is it quite an insular process when you're working on an album or do you have other people that you trust that you'll run things past and see their thoughts no yeah definitely i i, I definitely send stuff to to friends yeah just lucky to know a lot of yeah friends that like whose whose tastes i really like and yeah i think it's a really you know really good sounding board to i mean arguably it's you know i I do try to send things also to people that i don't know that well because that's also a good 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 feedback yeah i think it's good to send to friends as well because hopefully they'll be like honest with you it's hard isn't it because you're like there's you've always got a kind of i think you can i think it's pretty easy to like gauge people's feedback and it kind of varies in excitement and depending on certain songs and like certain people like different things so it's i think you can kind of collate the the, the feedback and kind kind of get a get a bit of a vibe of, of of what the reaction is but yeah sorry in answer to your question that's yeah that's definitely something i do have you have you noticed any patterns or are there any differences that there tends to be when it comes to the feedback you get from people that you trust and that you know really well and the people that you don't know so well that you maybe send the songs to to see their thoughts I guess it's it's fairly it's only really if I'm sending it to people that I guess the only time I really send it to people that I don't know is when I'm guess I'm trying to potentially reach out to someone that I maybe want to work with on it or whatever in terms of release which isn't that often and I guess when you're kind of doing that it's not you know you don't get very like rich feedback from from those people anyway yeah I guess the comparison would be that when it's someone you know you're probably likely to get a bit more detail yeah which is cool do you remember the first time when you shared music with someone and you, 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 you know, you performed or you, you played someone a piece of music that you had written personally yourself? I mean, I guess I would probably like when I started playing guitar, I guess I would like show my mum things like when I learnt my first three or four chords or whatever, I like wrote a little thing and I would probably show her that was probably like the really earliest experience of that. Yeah, I mean, I guess in those early days, it was kind of when I like I started a band when I was like thirteen, and I'd have we'd have friends to to come over to the band practices in my room. Yeah, probably quite an early experience of that, and then just playing little gigs in people's back gardens and youth centres and things. Yeah, things like that. Did collaborating with people change the way you thought about music at that age? Once you kind of got into a band and you just stopped doing things on your own, you got into that that space with other people and started working on music and performing music together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, in that band, we were collaborating. It kind of became more collaborative as the years went on. And my friend, um, Hassan, who we, we we both wrote songs for like our old band. And that was a big, like a massive um, influence and learning process was just like writing together. And we'd kind of show each other music and vibe off of each other. So that's probably like the biggest example of, of like a like a collaboration that's kind of yeah had an had an impact and they're probably the earliest one i guess um and then yeah definitely as the years have gone by like more you know you make more more music with more people and you learn different things from different people and yeah i think collaborations like you'll never you'll never stop gaining from from doing that kind of thing and like there's yeah eternal value in in the collaboration do you learn do you learn different things from collaboration to what you learn when you're just writing by yourself and what you learn from your own songwriting there's only so much that you can kind of get from I mean I guess there's you know when you when you stumble across something by yourself that you haven't done before or that you haven't heard yourself do before that's quite interesting because you're like this has come from me somehow yeah it feels quite like 
I don't know if lucid is the right word, but yeah, kind of without thought in a good way. But I guess when you're when you're collaborating with someone, it's more like conversational, and you notice things they do, and and you know, obviously, like in a in a in a separate way, and you're kind of like, oh, cool, like, well, how did you do that, or like, why why have you done that, and how does that work? You abstract from it a lot more, obviously, which is which is um yeah, which is super cool. I mean, I feel like when I'm collaborating with someone, when I'm sharing ideas, there's always a part of yourself that is slightly reserved and it is hard to get past that that bit of yourself that's thinking you know what if this person hates my idea or, or doesn't like this and you may be slightly reserved in that way how do you get past that and how do you just be free like you are when you're writing songs by yourself and you don't care about what you think and you're just completely open and experimenting how do you ach- how do you achieve that when you are with someone working in a room and collaborating i guess that part of it comes from just being really comfortable with the person that you're collaborating with like I've only ever really collaborated with friends that I know quite well for the most part or like even if I don't like it happens if you're collaborating with someone new and there's quickly uh, a realization that you agree on a lot of things and yeah you're kind of veering towards the same place there's there's a, f- a freedom that you kind that you gain from that realization I guess and that stops self-consciousness a bit because you're kind of like okay we're on the same same sort of vibe here <laughs> i guess you're both kind of vulnerable in the same space as well yeah i guess so yeah because it is a you know it is a place to kind of put yourself out there yeah i guess it's just a, a comfortability thing with uh, whoever you're you're working with if you're if you're working with a friend in that space how does that affect your relationship with them how has it affected relationships with people that you've you've already built up that trust with before you've gone into the collaborative space does that have quite an impact or yeah definitely i mean with the band i used to be in and with 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 hassan like we used to you know we worked together for a very long time it was you know it was such a wonderful thing but you also used to get like very very tense that can happen you know and it happens when i've been collaborating with other people as well like it can it's it's such a cool thing but it can also be a bit of a i don't know like quite a, a hindrance or well not a hindrance but it could it can just be you know when you are in that space together and you're like trying to get things across and like maybe when you do disagree on things or like the 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 motivation or the 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 the, the ideas don't line up then that can be quite frustrating and also quite can lead to some some tensions some bands can thrive on that though as well some men seem to find a way to be able to take that kind of slight tension and maybe disagreements in the band and channel that into their creativity somehow oh definitely yeah definitely i mean that's undeniable i guess a lot of the, the a lot of the um the great collaborations are you know people that struggle to be in the same room as each other but like when they when they get it together it's 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 amazing and that's released through the music yeah maybe that's why so many of like um you know creative partnerships end in disaster like when you look at like lennon and mccartney or whatever it didn't speak for years after the Beatles end did they when you're when you're that intensely connected to someone it's not going to be easy always it's just a lot of uh a lot going on there in those kinds of relationships i guess when it, and i know you had in your head before you were making this record that you you wanted to make a piano record how did you know which songs though would lend themselves most nicely to this presentation as opposed to being developed into something for another of the records how did you know which tracks would would work in that domain i guess um like a couple of them weren't originally writ- written on piano like there's a song on there called mind tricks which was like a f- sort of a full band fuzzy rock indie rock thing 
but I've often played it like on piano and it kind of sounds like it was written on piano. That was that one. And then there's another one that's similar, like there's a full recording of it. So it wasn't even like, so, yeah, some of them actually exist in different forms, but work on piano. And then the ones that were newer, I guess, because I wrote them on piano and they kind of worked as just that stripped back setup. That's kind of how I knew that they were, they would fit because I, I'd, I'd heard it, you know, um, I'd, I'd heard how it would sound and it, yeah, it seemed to work. When was um, Amherst written? Was that one of the newer ones or had it been kicking around for a while? It was originally, like the voice note I had for it was written last summer. So like summer of 2019 when I just got my piano back in my room, but I was also about to move out. So I had this sort of fleeting month of having it in my room and I was really enjoying it. I was living on Amherst Road, so I think that's why I had that. Um, but also thinking about moving out, I guess, just the title was kind of on my mind. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like the chords and the vocal melody, and then I fleshed it out and added the synths and stuff. Um, yeah, more recently when I was recording for the album. Had you written any words when you first wrote that that melody on the piano back, back last summer? No, not really, no. It was just kind of the melody and some sort of half half freestyled words. So it was only really when I was um, recording it that I was writing lyrics for it. Man, because there's a real darkness to that song with some of the things. The bit um, where you you speak about being like the tiniest cog in the machine, and there's a bit I think where you speak about like nobody like caring about dreams and stuff. What, where was what kind of a headspace were you in? Was that coming out of lockdown, or where was that kind of coming from for this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I wrote, I wrote it um, a bit into like that that period of isolation, but I mean, I, yeah, I wasn't in like a. You seemed quite positive when I spoke to you back in March. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I was in like a super dark place when I was writing that or anything, but I guess maybe just the the music of that song and the album in general was just like it was very melancholic. So I guess it's just kind of what came out in in response to the music with you being in such a positive headspace we're always going to have negative emotions kicking about so maybe you know that's the kind of way that you they were present at that time you just channeled them through the music as opposed to them being present in in other places yeah i think yeah i think there are there's definitely something to be said for that and also you know in that in the in, during that period of time it was kind of like people probably went into a bit of a you know people were faced with a a new reality that they had to kind of get on with so I guess the easiest way to deal with that is with a positive mindset. So I suppose that they kind of people sort of adopted that approach. And like and and like you know, I saw like benefits to like living in one more in one place and living more calmly and having that break. But yeah, I guess there probably was you know that that time was also fraught with anxiety for everyone. So I suppose that's where it came from. I don't know. I mean, I'm slightly worried that it's just the thing that I do when I write lyrics is I make it sad but i guess that one is particularly sad i'm interested that that sense that you're speaking about there, that desire to kind of have a slightly simpler style of living and staying in the one place mm. when that did happen over lockdown how did you find it yeah really good i mean especially after a, after two or three weeks of it after you realize that you can't just get pissed every night and watch sopranos <laughs> even though that was that was a that was a good time and still continue to watch sopranos but there once it was like okay i need to kind of start exercising and getting on with things that was yeah it was it was for me personally it was like a catalyst to 
kind of concentrate on putting some some positive things into my lifestyle that I wouldn't usually maybe have the time or inclination to uh, shoehorn in. Although it was weird not seeing friends and like having all of these options socially, there is something to be said for just taking some time away from that. And there is a lot of anxiety that comes with the social aspects of life and like going out and you know all of that stuff um and yeah i think i think for a lot of people including me like having a bit of a break from that was yeah it was a good thing it gave us like an opportunity to reflect upon that as well and think a lot about things and then now that we are starting to return we can kind of carry those things that we've we've learned from it back into it and it makes it easier now even when we are returning to it yeah i think so i think it's definitely yeah definitely for a lot of people been quite a bit of a experience of like realization about yeah like you say things that can be carried into whatever this new um era holds did those positive things you you know it's been about exercise and stuff and and other things did those positive elements that you try to you know implement into your life have they stuck around after now that we're kind of starting to return yeah definitely i just got into running during the the lockdown and that stayed with me it's now like a part of part of my routine and something that i enjoy and makes me feel good yeah that's been kind of the main one i guess and also just like enjoying just being a bit yeah a bit calmer and not having to have something to do all the time yeah i think i think i think there's hopefully some stuff that has been carried over i think although we think about it always and exercise and running as a as something that's really beneficial to our physical health the effect it has on our mental health as well just that ability to clear the head absolutely yeah once you've once you've finished it it's a fascinating thing yeah i mean yeah it's you know it's all we're like physical beings and especially when when there's not loads of other stuff to do just having that kind of that that means of exerting and releasing something that's you know positive and yeah like good for your health it's just like a it's a, it's a good feeling same with music though isn't it it's a release it's good you know catharsis yeah totally it's it's very very similar well in in a, in one sense at least yeah definitely it's a release you, you, you've spoken before about how you you always preferred instrumentation you, you know you always find that easier to write compared to lyrics as a result of what you've done with this album you've although you've you know you've got the piano there and the melody the lyrics are you know a lot more on show they're a lot play a lot a lot larger a part in the mix how did that how did that slight vulnerability affect you when you were working on this that pressure in a, in a working away i guess even though even though they are higher in the mix i think certain songs i was i feel like uh more lyric led like for example the song apology i think is quite tight lyrically i guess it's a bit more i don't know i guess it's kind of one one way you could read the lyrics by themselves and it would kind of make sense yeah i don't but i don't think i don't think because the the lyrics are on show on the rest of them it means that i'm necessarily like i, I want to like highlight them necessarily i mean it's still a very melody driven album yeah exactly i guess i guess so yeah yeah i don't think i don't think it's changed a lot but yeah i get there's no denying that they're more on show which is arguably not a good thing <laughs> are there any i disagree but thank you <laughs> are there any lessons that you've you've learned from making this record that you feel you'll you know you'll carry forth you know when you move on to working on the new the new material and future music yeah probably the whole creation of the thing was quite based around the means that i had to do it at the time so i'm happy that i got that i managed to do it and it's um and it's turned out the way it has it's definitely quite a raw album which i wasn't really thinking of at the time and like it wasn't like i was going in and fine-tuning everything which is kind of what i wanted i, I think maybe looking back on it now i could have probably been a bit more 
um scrupulous with like vocal takes and things like that because it's definitely not <laughs> it's definitely not perfect but i guess that's kind of part of what makes it nice as well because i did want it to be this very um yeah kind of stripped back thing that because i guess i was thinking about other albums that i liked that have that sort of setup to them when it's just guitar like uh, an instrument whether it's guitar or piano and vocals and they you know they, there is something nice about having that intimacy and then also the way that that allows you to hear the imperfections but maybe looking back i could have dialed back on the imperfections a little bit they're part of the authenticity of the record as well aren't they that they kind of they contribute to that feeling of honesty which is i guess what music's all about i guess so yeah i guess so sometimes you don't want to be too too honest though do you Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.